Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Uh, welcome to Believers Church. Uh, I have the pleasure of introducing Pastor Rick. He's a member of Believers. He's been here for many, many years. But he's a traveling minister. He'll go to other churches and minister. And he's also a missionary. Has a cool trip coming up March 31st. He'll be in the Philippines with his wife, Rose, for two months. And he he... God just uses them to pray for people. So at the end of the service, we'll give them that opportunity. We saved one of our worship songs for the end. And we had a blast in traditional at 8 or 9 o'clock and now this service. So uh, he's a great blessing to my life. And as Pastor Rick comes forward to minister, can we let him know how excited we are to have him today? Well, good morning. morning. It's good to be here to be able to minister the Word of God to you. We've had some, uh, just a good time in the Lord, the last two services, and this is the last service. And how many know maybe God has something even special, even more for the last service, right? Amen. But uh, we'll be talking about miracles today, preaching about miracles. And, you know, before I get started, I just want to say, for to those that may have been Believing for a miracle in your life, but it never happened. You may have tried, you're believing, it, you've expecting, but something just didn't happen. You never got your miracle, and your heart's been broken. I just want to encourage you today by the Lord not to give up, not to quit in your faith. You keep moving forward, you keep trusting God, you keep growing. You keep understanding, amen? We're all growing in this. When it comes to miracles and healing and so forth, we're all growing in it. I know about this much. I'm trying to learn this much. And we're all growing. There's no experts out there. We're all in the growing field. So, So even if something didn't happen, don't let it stop you from expecting again, amen? Hallelujah. So... We're going to be ministering on today. And so in talking about miracles, you know, there's various ways God has brought miracles or able to make miracles happen. One of them is through the gifts of the Spirit. We find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And then there's nine gifts of the Spirit mentioned there. And of those nine gifts, there's three of them. We call them the power gifts, the gifts to actually move or change things. And that's the gift of faith the working of miracles, and the gifts of healings. And so um, there are times God will use me in those gifts. Uh, it, just, it just happens. The it's, Bible says they move as the Spirit wills. So I can't turn it on and off. It just happens when it happens. And I remember we were in the Philippines um, doing a big crusade. There were 5,000 people there. And a lot of things were going on. People were getting saved everywhere. We had a huge amount of people getting saved. But we had miracles that just started happening all over the place. I mean, supernatural stuff that out of the, out of the Bible. We had a blind woman receive her sight. We had a deaf woman receive her, her hearing. We had a gorder on a woman's neck literally fell off right in front of me, just come straight off of her face, right off of her neck area. And, uh, and then, but there's one particular one I always think about, and I usually cry over, at times when I think about it, it, it touched me so deep. A grandmother, she brings her uh, the granddaughter in a wheelchair to the meeting. And it's back there somewhere. 
And I had a, I saw her and the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, go over and grab the girl and go. Well, you don't do that. You know, that's not the church thing to do. But yet, again, when the gift is in operation, all of a sudden, there is just that extra move of the Spirit inside of you, and you got confidence God's doing it. So I walk, I fight through the crowd, actually, a sea of people. I get through to her, and she's there. She has a muscular disease, kind of bent over like this. And I grab her, I said, come on, honey, we're going to go now. And she didn't want to go. She resisted me. I said, come on, we're going to go. And I pulled her out of the chair. And when I did, she's kind of like a sack of potatoes. She's just nothing there. But as I pulled her, almost dragging her the first couple of feet, all of a sudden, everyone say all of a sudden. All of a sudden. sudden, Something happened to her and strength came into her legs and her body. And she began to walk with me, and then we began to run. And we ran around that whole arena, which is bigger in this church. We ran around the whole arena, and you never seen 5,000 people shout, jump, and dance, and cry all at the same time. How many know when, you, when a miracle happens, it's an incredible moment? Especially when a child gets healed. Is that me, man? It's just wonderful. I've cried, I don't know how many times, reliving that moment. So healings can happen through the gifts of the Spirit. But also we have also in James chapter 5, it talks about you can pray the prayer of faith. It says the prayer of faith will heal the sick and the Lord will raise them up. Well, that's a miracle talk. In other words, you can grow in your faith, grow in believing God. That's why we always encourage people to grow in your faith, understanding faith, you see. That way, when you pray, then God is able to move and raise people up and they receive a miracle or a healing in their, in their body. So that's another avenue. And then what we're going to talk about today is cooperating with Jesus for a miracle. There are times that you need a miracle in your life, and it's not just about someone laying hands on you. It's not just something about the Spirit of God moving to do something uh, uh, through the gift. It's about God needing your cooperation for in your life in order for the miracle to happen. Amen? Are you interested in that? Yes. Good. I'm so glad. Because it'd be very terrible if you said no. <laughs> uh, but I would keep going. Verse 1, we're going to be in John chapter 2, John chapter 2. This is about the very first miracle that Jesus did. And you know, when something is done in the first time in Scripture, for instance, in this time, Jesus' first miracle, the Holy Spirit gave indicators of what, of what happened to cause the miracle to take place. How many know the Scriptures are there to reveal truth to us? Scriptures are truth. So as we read them, they speak to our lives and they reveal spiritual truth to us so that we can then use and apply it in our lives and also get similar results. Amen? So John chapter 2, turning water into wine, verse 1. On the third day, there was a wedding in the Cain of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. But now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. We'll stop there. So the very first clue we see in cooperating with Jesus for a miracle, that there was an invitation for the presence of Jesus. How many know that the moment they invited Jesus 
to come to the wedding reception, all of a sudden the atmosphere for a miracle was at hand. Is that right? There's something about having an invitation heart in your, in your life. When you want the Spirit of God to come, you want His presence to manifest in your life, in your home, in your family, in your business, in your church. You want Jesus to manifest Himself. You want His presence here. You crave it. You desire it. You want it. And that when that happens, you create an atmosphere for God to move. Amen? And you could say amen because I'm used to that as an evangelist on the field. All right? I know it's, it, just tell me, it, it, it's, it's okay. You can do that. I've been in services. I start preaching and people start jumping up and they'll start preaching back. They're, they're so excited. They're preaching. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, you, again, the presence and you got to practice the presence of God. Well, what do you mean by that? You have to get along with God and begin to worship Him. I'm not talking about just playing Christian Top 40. I'm talking about getting in your home, getting along with God, and begin to worship Him. Yeah. Tell Him how much you love Him, yeah. how much you want Him, how much He is welcome to come and in your home and manifest His presence are you following along here? See, we welcome a lot of things in our house. We, we have movies we welcome all the time. We watch hours and hours of movies. We watch hours and hours sometimes of sports. And I know the Super Bowl was on tonight, so I'm not, it's, you know, just go ahead and watch it. Don't feel guilty. But when we invite all the things in our life and in our home, we cannot over neglect, I should say, of making his presence a priority. There are times of worshiping in my house, it was like heaven. I cried, I wept, I laughed. In my, in my recliner, you know, men love recliners, right? My favorite chair. I tell you, but God meets me there when I worship him and tell him how much I want him. It creates an atmosphere for miracles. And me and my wife, we have experienced a lot of them. Are you following along here? Yeah. So the very first miracle started with an invitation, a welcoming invitation. Jesus, come. Jesus, come. Yeah. Jesus, I want you here. Jesus, I need you here. He said, well, yeah, Jesus is everywhere. The Spirit of God is everywhere. That is true. It is everywhere, but he's not manifested everywhere. Manifestation means that which is in the unseen realm becomes tangible in this realm. So you want things changed in this realm. Is that correct? It doesn't get changed until there's a manifestation of the hidden realm into this natural realm. So we want to practice that. And believing God for it more and more and more. I wrote this down. God moves by invitation, not by intrusion. He's not going to force his way in. He's not going to do that. He's only going to go by invitation. You remember, remember Revelation 3.20? I stand at the door and I kick it in. Is that what he says? No. I stand at the door and knock. He says, if anyone opens the door tells me to come in, I will fellowship with him. 
It's all about invitation. Is that right? Same as the born-again experience, the greatest miracle of all. Do you know you have to invite Christ? He will not force himself. It's invitation only. Invitation. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay. Praise the Lord. We'll continue on there. Verse 3. And when they ran out of wine. Oh, no. They ran out of wine. The mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Crisis. Verse 4, Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Notice here, Jesus is making a point. The second point I'm saying here is this. Miracles can't be forced. Just because there's a need doesn't mean God's going to do anything. You say, yeah, but can't he see the problem? He does. He knows about the problem, but the problem itself is not the motivator of him moving. How I many know God is a spirit? Is that right? Yeah. And he's, he's going to do things through the spirit. Yeah. Jesus said, what's that got to do with me? Just because there's a need doesn't mean I'm going to jump up and do something. Does that make any sense? Sure. If, God just rem- if God was moved just by needs, every child in children's hospital would be healed right now. If God was moved just by needs, every child in Africa would be fed right now. Is that true? If needs alone move God, then that's what would happen. But no, it has to be spirit-led. Everything God does is spirit-led. I wrote this down. Miracles are spirit-led, not need-driven. Verse 5. His, his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you to do, do it. The third point that we see here in cooperating with Jesus for a miracle is whatever he tells you to do, you got to do. This, oh, this is a big one. Whatever he tells you to do, you got to do. You know, we get stubborn. And there's times that God tells us to do stuff and we just say no. You know, remember Naaman in the Old Testament, 2 Samuel chapter 5? Naaman was a general of the Syrian army. Powerful man, rich man. And uh, he had a problem, though. He had leprosy. Leprosy in the Bible was a killer, let me tell you. No cure, no recovery. You're going to die. You literally, the flesh rots off your body until you die. Serious, horrible disease. He knows of a prophet in the land by the name of Elisha. Elisha is a man who flows in miracles and healings. So he makes an appointment and goes to see Elisha. And as he goes over to the house, Elisha sends out his servant boy, Gehazi. And he says, listen, the master says to Naaman, he says, go jump in the river Jordan and dunk yourself seven times. That doesn't make sense. The man came for a healing. The man came for a miracle, and now he's being told to jump in the river. How would you respond? Huh? It'd be like you coming up for prayer, and I say, you go jump in the river, dunk yourself seven times. You say, you're nuts. Is that right? How many know Naaman had trouble with the directions that God was given the prophet for his life because he couldn't make the connection between dunking in the river and the miracle that he needed. His logical mind was fighting it. Because what does water, dunking in water, got to do with my healing? 
He couldn't make the connection. In the natural, there is no connection. But in the spirit, God says there is a connection. I am linking it together and you're going to have to do it. Amen. Are you following along? We see where Jesus here later in the story, he tells the servants, he says, fill the water pots with water. Well, what's water got to do with wine? You can't make wine with water. That's crazy. Jesus is not logical. Did you get that? He doesn't think. God does not think like us. Aren't you glad? He's not trying to think like me. He's not trying to think like you. His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts, Isaiah says. He wants us to come up to a higher level. Remember, God is a spirit, and he's going to speak spiritually to people to do stuff. And even though it's a natural thing that they're doing, it may, it may seem strange at the moment. Water pots, water, and you need wine doesn't make a lick of sense. I remember in my own life, years ago, God was just trying to teach me these things. I was going to go to Bible school, same Bible school Pastor Joe went to. Good school. I'm all excited. I'm getting ready. I'm packing. I'm getting ready. But one problem is I don't got no money. And you got to pay cash for the school. There's no loans or nothing. I don't got no money. And all I had was a used car to sell. Maybe I could sell the used car and put the money towards the tuition. That's my only idea I had. And so that was, a, that was the plan. It was my logical plan. It fit good in my mind. So I went ahead and make plans. I'm going to sell this car, put the money towards my tuition, and then I'll just keep believing God for the rest. So that was it. But I needed a miracle. And so I was washing dishes one day, a rarity, let me tell you. I was washing dishes one day, right after that, and the Lord prompted my heart, not an audible voice, but in my heart, these words came up that I knew it wasn't me because I would never think this way. He said, give your car to Brother Bob. That was odd. I said, no, we're not going to do that. That doesn't make sense. I need money towards my tuition, and you can't just tell me to do something of the opposite. I, that, people don't think that way. When you need money and you have an asset, you're supposed to sell it, and then you put towards the, the bill. That God goes, give your car to Brother Bob. And he kept after me. And I kept saying, no, it doesn't make sense. Finally, day or two later, I said, okay, okay, this got to be God. It won't stop. So I didn't understand. I said, oh, Lord, I don't understand what's going on, but you're telling me to give my car. Okay, I'm going to do this. It doesn't make my logical mind doesn't, doesn't understand this. You know I need the money over here. So I call up Brother Bob. Bob! He lives in another town. I said, are you believing God for a car? He says, I want you to know, brother, I am. I'm tired of walking. He says, I'm believing God, and God's going to provide. He just went on and on and on. I said, brother, listen, I got your car. 
I said, it has four new tires. It has four new shocks. It has a new exhaust I put on it. I said, listen, I'm going to pay for the transfer. I'm going to deliver the car and give you the keys. He was shouting. If you could just hear the conversation, the man was shouting on the other end. He got his miracle. And I don't have a car now. <laughs> and I'm thinking, my, oh, my. What did I just get done doing? But whatever he tells you to do, you got to do. This is the key point here. So about 10 days later, 10 days later, I get a notice in the mail from the Bible school. And I opened it up. It said, Mr. Fritz, some anonymous donor gave a large sum of money towards your tuition. Come on, you can can just come on down. A miracle just happened. How many of you know I had to do what I was told to do in order for the miracle to be released in my life? Am I right? Sometimes God is going to require cooperation on your part before a miracle is going to happen, whether it's a physical one like Naaman or financial one like I just got done describing or other areas of your life. God is going to say, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. And the empowerment isn't in the actual act itself. The empowerment is the words that were spoken to you. Because when God speaks, he speaks life in the spirit. So you just carry it out, his command, whatever it is. And that, that, that way the miracle can transform. Is this helping anybody? Because your mind will fight with you. I remember we were, this is 15 years ago, me and my wife, we lived in Pennsylvania, lived in a mobile home on a piece of ground. We've moved up since then, praise God. But anyhow, mobile home, a piece of ground, and we were down to 10 bucks. Have you ever been down to $10? I see an amen over here, yeah. It's not fun, is it? We had a mortgage. We had bills. My wife wasn't working. I was making a little bit of money. This is it. I mean, nothing in savings, nothing in checking. I mean, there was nothing in the floorboards of the car with coins. We tried to dig stuff out of the cushions of the couch. You know how you used to do that? This is back when you had change, you know what I mean? So we had 10 bucks. A $10 bill, actually, we had a $10 bill to our name. But we began to worship God in our house. Remember point one? Worshiping God, create an atmosphere for a miracle. In our home, we didn't, we didn't go to church and try to do it. We did it in our house. Why? Because we need the miracle in our house. Did you catch that? Yeah. You got to worship God where you need the miracle at. And create an atmosphere for God to move. Amen. I, you know, I just noticed these wonderful folks up here. Remember we went to your house? We worshiped God in your house, and God did miracles in your house. Hallelujah. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so we worshiped God in our house. We needed a miracle. And God spoke. And he he didn't say, don't worry, I'll just drop it off to you. I'll just drop it out of the sky, hit you in the head with it. He didn't say that. He said, take that $10, 
And he, again, something I wasn't thinking at all. Take the $10 and give it to Kenneth Copeland. Well, I thought, this is interesting. $10, my last $10. He goes, take it, send it to Kenneth Copeland. All right, so I went and got the envelope, filled it all out, put the last $10 in, put the stamp on it, took it out to the mailbox, and let it go immediately. But while I was doing it, my mind kept telling me, you know, you better, are you sure you want to do that? Because you might need toilet paper or something. You know, if you run out of toilet paper, you don't got no money. Then you're out there, you know, picking leaves off the tree. It's kind of embarrassing the neighbors say you do that. And I need a lot of leaves, hey. <laughs> uh, too much information? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. And so uh, my mind fought me, but I went ahead. I matured a little bit in that level, and I just went ahead and did it. The next day, everyone say the next day. The next day, the next day there was a knock on my door. Our door. We're married. Our door. <laughs> Sorry, Rose. And... Uh, a man stands there. He says, Pastor, he says, I just want you to know God's all over me. I just had to stop by. I said, well, come on in. He comes in. He goes, listen, God wouldn't let me rest until I got this done. I said, all right, what is it? He pulls out a check for $1,000. He goes, here you go. God said, this is for you to right now. I said, you heard right. <laughs> I said, I receive it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A miracle happened. A miracle in our house happened. You can't explain it any other way. But he needed my cooperation. Someone had to put the $10 in the envelope. Someone had to obey to do it. He was waiting for that. He needed that act, so to speak, for so he could release the miracle for me or for us. Amen? Are you following along? If we fail to act what God is telling you to do, the miracle's not going to happen. I'm sorry. No matter how bad, much you beg for it and want it, if God's telling you to do something and you refuse to do it, it's not going to happen because that's the, how he chose it for it to come to pass. Is this helping anyone here? Because if you say, well, I'm not going to do it, I'm just going to keep trusting God and believing him for it, it's not going to happen now. Because the command to get your miracle happened through what the Spirit already told you in your heart to do. Amen? Amen. So whatever he tells you to do, you got to do. And a lot of times it's not logical. And your mind will have problems with it. But you just go ahead and do it. When you know it's God, just do it. Amen. Thanking you, Lord Jesus. Verse 6. Now there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of the purification of the Jews, containing 30, 20 or 30 gallons apiece. They're big pots. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. So the next point of this cooperating with Jesus for the miracle is whatever he tells you to do, you got to go all the way. See, if you go halfway in your obedience of the thing that God's telling you to do, the miracle still ain't going to happen. Even though you, quote, tried, even though you made an effort, 
The miracle's not going to happen. Go back to Naaman for a moment. Naaman, with a leprosy, remember him? We just talked about him. He was supposed to dip in the water how many times? Seven times. What happens if he would have went six? Does he, get, does he still get healed for effort? Now, this is the big thing here. Many people think I deserve a miracle just because I tried. Hello? Just because I tried to do what God said, I still should deserve the miracle or should have the miracle happen. It's not that way. God is a God that wants things done. As the Spirit speaks, then you're going to have to fulfill what he's telling you to do. Naaman had to go seven times to get the miracle. And the moment he did it, it just, it was so easy. There was no work involved. You came up the seventh time, and do you realize the leprosy just melted off of him? Why? The power was in the assignment of God's words, go and dip seven times. If I would have sold that car to Brother Bob, instead of giving it to him, and I gave him a good deal. Let's say I sold that car for 100 bucks. How many of you like to have a car for 100 bucks that's already running, inspected, four new tires, everything on it? Right? Who wouldn't want that deal? It's a great deal. You'd say, man, Bob, you're getting a great deal. The Lord's blessing you. A $100 car. He would have got a car for 100 bucks. I wouldn't have got my tuition paid. Because I didn't do what he, God told me to do. I didn't do it his way. I didn't go all the way. Does this make any sense? Yes. The truth. Or that $10. If I would have just said, you know what? We're just going to keep this. Because you never know. We might have an emergency. And what are you going to do for 10 bucks anyway? You know? If, I, if my mind would have talked me out of it, the man would never have came the next day because God wouldn't have spoke to him to come because I was disobedient in my assignment for the miracle to happen. Is this helping anyone? This is why we must learn to respond quickly when God tells you things because you don't realize you have a miracle over here that you want and you're believing for, and God's speaking to you over here to do something, and you don't, think it's, you don't think it's connected. But it is connected many times. And God wants you to do this so that this miracle can come to pass. Amen? Remember, he's telling the servants, put water in the pots. Doesn't make no sense. Put water in the pots. But they went ahead and did it anyway, and they filled them to the brim. Now, they never saw no miracles before. Jesus didn't do no miracles, but they just went ahead and did what he said. And whether you've ever saw a miracle in your life or not, whether you've ever experienced a miracle or a healing in your life or not, just do what he tells you to do. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. He might tell you about forgiving someone. You might need a miracle over here, but it's whatever it is. And yet God's prompting you. Do you remember your aunt? And you've never approached her and make it right? You've never talked to her again after that fight? 
go over and make it right with her. And you're thinking, that has nothing to do with anything over here. But yet God has it. It's connected. It's connected. And that's, this isn't going to happen until you respond from your heart and go do what he tells you to do. Amen? This happens a lot in the body of Christ. And they wonder why sometimes miracles don't happen that they want. is because God's been speaking to them to do something, but they're not wanting to do it. Or they go partial way. If God tells you today to give someone in this church 50 bucks, amen? If God did that and you say, well, you know what? I'm just going to give 25. You're not going to get what God was intended for you because he needed you to give the 50 in order to release something in your life. Does this make any sense? Amen. Hallelujah. Thanking you, Lord Jesus. Now, let's continue on. Verse 8. We're almost done. And he said to them, draw, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine. Wow, what a miracle. And did not know where it came from, but the servants who drew out the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to them, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, drunk, then the inferior. But you have kept the good wine unto now. This beginning of signs, or we could also say miracles, Jesus did in Cain of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed in him. The last point that we see here, cooperating with Jesus for a miracle, is that the joys of the miracle are cherished by everyone around. How many know when that little girl who had that disease, when the Spirit of God moved upon her and she ran around that arena unhindered, free child, just running like a little child should run, everybody was enjoying the moment. They were tasting it. They were experiencing that moment just like that wine that was water that was turned into wine, everyone was sipping on it. They were saying, Oh, this is good. This is good. The Bible says in Psalm 34, taste and see that the Lord is good. Is that right? When a miracle takes place, people around you are going to say, Wow, that's amazing. Every time you share your miracle to someone else, people are drinking of it, they're taking in of it. And they're experiencing a refreshing in their life because of what happened to you. Amen. My kids, my oldest is, uh, well, I've adopted son. He's 37. And then and my daughter's 25. And my other daughter's 20, I think. You know, I don't know how to keep track. I don't even remember their names. I just say, hey, you. Hey, you, come here. Well, anyhow, my kids will say, hey, Dad, tell me the story again. Tell me the story of the blind boy in Honduras that was born blind and he was healed. Tell me the story of the deaf woman who began to hear. Tell me the story of the, of the woman who, in her 60s who was blind for decades, instantly 
Her eyes opened and she began to see. Tell me that story, Dad. Tell me the story that you followed a vehicle that ran over a two-year-old boy on the street and you, you watched him get, being run over by a car. And yet God led you there and prayed over that little boy as the blood was rushing out of his body. Yet you prayed over him and the boy was miraculously delivered and healed. When he got to the hospital, there was nothing wrong with the child, even though there was blood all over the pavement. They, the doctor said, what, what happened? Because we, when they got the call, they said, from the ambulance, they said multiple injuries. Ambulance is flying. Sirens are going. The lights are flashing. The ER is ready. But when they got there, they ran tests. They did everything they knew to this two-year-old boy, and they couldn't find nothing wrong. He just got run over by a car. How many know a miracle just happened? Yes. Amen? A miracle happened. And my kids asked me, tell me again, Dad. Why? Because they, every time I tell the story, they're drinking it in. They're enjoying that moment. They're picturing in their mind how it happened. Amen? Amen. I remember another story. You have, to, you have time, don't you? All right. Okay, good. Because I have like six hours of stories. So you might make the game. You might not. So, so at any rate... I was in Honduras, and a man, he came up, he goes, will you pray for me? He said, I don't know my dad. He said, it bothers me bad. He's about 25 years old. He said, I've always dreamt someday to know my father. He left when I was a baby. He says, but I have a desire to know him. I said, he goes, I don't know where he's at or nothing. I said, well, sure, let's just pray. So we did, right there in Honduras. We prayed up front and believed God that he would somehow contact his father or his father would contact him. How? I don't know. That was on a Tuesday. On a Thursday of that meeting, he testifies. This man who never knew his father, he said, after we prayed, I went home. He said, the next day, a relative a distant relative contacted me and they said, hey, your father out of the blue called. And he's in Florida. He lives now in Florida. He said, he called asking about you. He said, he wants to know if you'd be interested in meeting with him. Supernatural, absolutely yeah. supernatural. He's bawling, he's telling them, he's bawling. I mean, this is absolutely God. So he finally got to talk to his father, who he never met. And they began to weep on the phone, and they made arrangements to meet together. Isn't that something? God moved on the father just for some reason, just to call someone back in Honduras. And he mentioned these words, hey, how's so-and-so doing, my son? And all it began to go right there. Miracles still happen, folks. And we want more of them to happen. We want, I want them to happen in my life. I also want them to happen in your life. And I want to, 
I want to experience tasting the wine, so to speak, when you talk about your babies being healed, when you talk about your, your, your marriage being, uh, uh, being healed and restored, when you talk about your financial breakthrough that God helped you get out of debt and helped you various things or helped you go to college. Oh, whatever the miracle is. I want to hear about it. Pastor Joe and Gino want to hear about it so they can also drink of that spiritual wine and rejoice with you. Because it builds us up. It gives us confidence. And we pray for people today. I want you to know, you may not see nothing in the natural. You may, you may not. But listen, folks, when we, again, God is a spirit. And we minister spiritually to people by laying on of hands, by praying for them. And God is going to do things in the unseen realm, but also it's going to manifest in the known realm, this realm that we're in. And there's going to be testimonies out of this prayer line. Yeah. The, all three services, I believe, and my wife believes, that there's going to be testimonies out of this prayer line that you're going to be able to share with Pastor Joe and the other staff about what God did supernaturally for you. Amen? Amen. Is that exciting? Amen. Say this with me. Say that a miracle is for me. Miracles are for me. Turn to someone else and say, miracles are for you. And you can receive one today. And so before I turn it back over to Pastor Joe for a moment, because we'll be praying here in a few moments, I just want you to know that even if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when we come up for prayer, just come on up. We're family here. We love you. So if you're a visitor today, you say, man, I want to know this miracle-working God. I, I, I want him in my life. Just come up. And when I get to you, just say, hey, I want to know the Lord, and I will pray. we will pray with you to receive Jesus. It'll be beautiful. You will receive the greatest yeah. miracle of all times. There is no greater miracle than the new birth. Amen? Amen. 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 Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.